Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 66, coming at you from the Mean Your True Value in Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host and producer Eric Fisher. Joining me back from a two-week hiatus in person here, Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, how you doing, buddy? Awesome. I'm fired up today, boys. You've been going on. We Obviously, when we meet pre-recording, you've been going on for about an hour and a half of different things you want to say. So this should be a loaded episode. Very excited to get to you. We'll get to more of that in a little bit. Like I said, I can only imagine the garbage content that was put out the two weeks I was gone. Someone has to be the voice of reason here. Oh, boy. Anyway, and joining us by the Zoom room three weeks for, in a row for sure, that being Justin Dahl. Justin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm just I'm, I'm just glad that the terrible takes are going to be back on the episode this week and, and that I get to just bash how bad these takes are. And, and Eric, we got along pretty well over this two-week hiatus of Mr. Ramsey. And now we have to just kind of fend off a little bit of these bad, bad takes. And I, I, I think I think it's going to be a loaded episode of bad takes. Well, I tell you what, who really wins is our listeners because, honestly, the, when you guys are going at it and fighting each other, it, it is the best content. So our listeners win. <laughs> I get to listen here and sit here and, and listen to both you guys go off. So... Uh, with that, might as well get right in the, the meat of the episode here. First of all, talk about our partners. Monkey Knife Fight, it's tournament time. Play the contest. Put money in your pocket. What tournament? NCAA tournament, Ramsey. What's up? It's a, it's a oh big deal. Is, is this it? Is, uh, we didn't even get college basketball? seconds into the episode. College basketball, yes. And it's already oh. a bad take. Shocking. We're doing college basketball again this year. Barf. Anyway, so... Play the contest, put some money in your pocket, monkeyknifefight.com, monkeyknifefight app. Also, our partners over at Ray's Energy, they've got their own bracket challenge going on, Ramsey and Justin. I know that you heard this last week, Justin, but they're doing their limited time flavors to see which flavor becomes a permanent mainstay. So vote for your favorite can, vote for your favorite flavor, and any order, get 15% off by using code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four. We also have a, as Ramsey very kindly alluded to, we have a bracket challenge going on right now. And by the time most of you listen to this episode, it either will be locked in place, or if you're one of our very loyal listeners listening early Thursday morning, brackets do have to be in. So we're not doing this Will Jones win bullshit that we did last year. Brackets do have to be in prior to the first game of the tournament starting. And... We have kind of worked out a prize where we haven't worked out here together. We're not going to disclose it here yet, but we've kind of got it worked out there. Let's just say it is a, a nice prize package. All I'm saying is you're hoping for a perfect bracket. You get a perfect bracket. You're going to be in for a treat. That is factual. Well, I don't know if I can say that's factual, but if you get a perfect bracket, there is a exclusive prize. There is literally zero people that have said that. You are the only one that has said that. And you know the fun part a about treat. this is we're not going to tell you what the perfect bracket is until unless you get it. If you get it, you will get the exclusive invite. <laughs> Don't do a perfect bracket. Pick a 16 if you're seed. Listening. Pick a 16 seed yeah. to win. At least pick one 16 seed. <laughs> if you knew what this was, you would pick all 16 seeds to win. 
must be 18 years or older to participate. <laughs> 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 anyway. So if when, you are 17, stop listening. <laughs> or just don't pick a 16 seat. Do do what's best for you and don't yeah. get us in trouble legally. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Ribs is back for how it's long are we in there? We're four and a half minutes. And in. it's already off the rails. Anyway. Four and a half minutes of just one really big bad take. Anyway. Already. <laughs> so uh, with that in mind, we're gonna, obviously we're going to talk plenty NCAA tournament uh, later in the episode here. But before we do that, we've got a lot of other stuff to talk about. And we start off the episode with what we always do. And we talk about what we had rooted for in the past week. That is sponsored by Fanatics. Usually it's hashtag love on. However, with it being tournament time, everyone's favorite month of the year being March. They have a special campaign going on. It's called March to the Finals. Hashtag March to the Finals. Show your love for your team. Whether you're in the big dance, you're in the United T, CBI, CIT, or just outright sitting at home. Show your love for your college favorite college basketball team with hashtag March to the Finals. And go to Fanatics.com for all your sports merchandise needs. And Ramsey, you've been gone for a while, so I figured I would let you lead this off. Ramsey, what have you rooted for in the last few weeks? Unpopular take. It's starting. Hold on, hold on. We are five minutes and 30 seconds in. Go. I have absolutely loved Danica Patrick calling NASCAR races. Really? That has been... Really? I, I have been very anti-Danica in the past. She has been excellent calling NASCAR races. I, I cannot say that enough. She, so Clint Boyer's kind of dumb. And Jeff Gordon always had a hard time presenting his knowledge for our presenting average listeners. his knowledge for average listeners. Danico comes at it from a completely different point of view, and it has been really well done, in my opinion. And I, I know a lot of people haven't necessarily liked her, on, but she is a perfect in-between between Clint Boyer and whoever else is going to be in the booth with them. I, I gotta say, I've actually been a big fan of her on the broadcast too. Uh, she, uh, you know, it's really funny where I, I shouldn't even say funny per se, but it's just one of those things where you look at the different people who become broadcasters, and everybody puts their hat in the ring after they get done with either you know if they're playing career, or their driving career, what have you, and wants to be a broadcaster, wants to stay in TV, wants to stay in the game, while also not you know playing every week or playing every day, whatever, and. It's it's really odd to me, and I guess you know just how, like you said, Jeff Gordon, one of the best all time to do it, wasn't the best broadcaster. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't the best broadcaster. I don't think Clint Boyer's good either. Clint, and Clint Boyer is a big personality, which is why he's there. That's kind of Fox's thing. But Danica is extremely intelligent. You can listen to her talk, and she understands the audience she's trying to talk to. Right, it's no different than like I mean, Tony Romo was never the best quarterback in the NFL, but Tony Romo is probably setting the gold standard for mm-hmm. player broadcaster, color commentators right now. Besides maybe Greg Olson, depending on how you feel about him, but it's really uh, I guess not odd to me, but really interesting how the best players don't make the best broadcasters, they don't make the best coaches either, for that matter. But because they they just can't convey their knowledge of the game to the average person, uh-huh. um, whereas you know. By no means is Dana. I want to. She's probably an average NASCAR driver. She 
never had a NASCAR Cup win, but she was she's a very talented driver. We can say that honestly. Uh, Just wow. wasn't wasn't by any mm. means a great. There's been worse. She was a below average driver. Actually, I don't know if there's been worse. She might be the worst in recent memory, but it, that was not necessarily due to. There's a, we can get into some other day too, but there's just a physicality aspect of NASCAR that a lot of people don't realize, and she was at a severe disadvantage. I'll leave it at that. But and, that's that's the unfortunate truth be, about the sport. And to be fair, there's really only what been, what maybe, one or two, probably two. Uh, Indy car drivers that have had, well, Tony Stewart had great success. He's had great success on the on the owner's side also. But, you know, one name that people will forget about is Juan Pablo Montoya. He had some semi uh, pretty good success in NASCAR when he switched over. But any other driver that has switched over from IndyCar really has not found a lot of success. Well, it's a difference of weight is what it really comes down to. And Mm -hmm. the unfortunate part about NASCAR, and this is why, well, this is what Natalie Decker and Haley Deegan are both going to run into. Those cars are 34, 3,500 pounds. You have to be extremely physical with them. Like, and that's just a unfortunate circumstance of the sport it's just that's the way that the cars are made that's the way they're designed where as an IndyCar weighs like 1300 pounds so you're talking almost a third of the weight and some of these IMSA sports cars are a shade over 2000 pounds so you have to move a thousand pounds less weight so there's mm-hmm. a not that women can't be successful in NASCAR it's just as the way the cars are made and constructed, they are just, it's a, they're at a disadvantage. So when Danica had mediocre success, right? I mean, she had a couple top 10. She was fairly competitive. So it's not even necessarily that she was that bad. She just wrecked a lot of race cars. That's so, anyways, <laughs> I've enjoyed Danica I Patrick. I think that she has been absolutely delightful. And when I saw that she was going to be on the booth for, I believe it was California or Las Vegas, I forget which one was the first race she did, I would kind of roll my eyes at him like, okay, whatever, We're gonna, this is going to be interesting. But she came on. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that she – I hope she's the permanent stay there. I think it would be good for the sport. I think it's good for her career. I think it's good for just NASCAR in general. So – Hats off to Danica Patrick. She has done a wonderful job the last two or three weeks here. You know, you did tease to me that you you had something I was not going to expect, and I did not expect that at all. I didn't even know if that yeah. was on the radar. So good on you, Ramsey. I told you. I told you weren't ready for that. That's true. Any other roof bars you got you want to address here? I love the next gen car. If we're talking about NASCAR, where we're still in the sport, the races have been absolutely wonderful to watch. <laughs> I was kind of a little hesitant on the car going after the clash. I think the answers to those questions have been solved. I think it's been a wonderful move for NASCAR. I think that 
the competitiveness as it's leveled the playing field off and you're truly seeing some of the better pure drivers in the sport really start to perform well. The Ross Chastain's of the world, the Chase Briscoe's of yeah. the world, the Tyler Reddick's of the world, who those guys kind of underachieved last year. However, in my opinion, they're some of the more talented drivers in the sport as a whole. Ross Chastain has won everywhere he's been. He's had, what, I believe three weeks in a row now of top tens? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Chase Briscoe just won this week at Phoenix, who was an excellent Xfinity driver. And this car is a little closer to those really good Xfinity cars that he was driving a few years ago. So, good seeing Chase Briscoe be successful. Tyler Reddick, in my opinion, might be top five talent drivers in NASCAR right now. He's at a yeah, subpar yeah, team. Would, oh, my God. So he, re- he reminds you a hell of a lot. He reminds you a hell of a lot of what Guyle Larson was. Yep. When Larson was at Canassi. I think, I truly believe, I think Tyler Reddick is a better driver than Kyle Larson. Um, mm. Tyler Reddick is, I, what I watched him do in Xfinity a few times in lesser equipment, he outran literally everyone. He was really good, especially that second championship year. The first one, he obviously won the f- race at Daytona and the race in Homestead. The second championship, though, he was in lesser equipment and running. He was beating the Chase Briscoes of the world. So I think Tyler Reddick's probably one of the most talented drivers in the sport, and it's good to see him being competitive. Like I said, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, very similar. Kyle Larson is very similar to all three of those guys, Ross Chastain and Chase Briscoe as well. Um, they have that dirt background. They're really fun to watch, so... The next gen car has been really good for the sport, I think, and it's uh, if you haven't watched an NASCAR race recently, it's the time to go back and watch, especially Atlanta this weekend. Should be a very interesting experiment. While we're talking about racing, I, this isn't one of my root fours, but I, I thought I might as well mention it here. Ty Majeski, winner of the Rattler Two Fifty this weekend, big one. So good for him. You know, it's one of the premier late model races in the country. The Rattler Two Fifty. So just want to make mention of that here. I believe, I, if I remember correctly, I think he dominated from start to finish, yeah, too. Like he was all over the track there. So um, one kind of cool thing that came out of that race was that unbeknownst to him, when they did their last pit stop, he only took two tires where the rest of the, the field took four and was able to hold off all the competitors, no last-second cautions, uh, was able to really run away from the mm-hmm. field on, on old tires. Old tires. So... Uh, just something, you know, want to give him a shout out here. So good on him. Um, my route for for the week, and I know you guys are both going to hate this. So if we're just going to get out of the way. Baseball, I don't want to hear it. Spring training baseball is uh, going on. Oh, but the, the angle I'm going to take with this is the Brewers uh, have made an, an excellent ooh. addition with Andrew McCutcheon. This is t- $8.5 million. $8.5 million. They're still. That's, that sounds cheap to me. Is that just, cheap? It is. That sounds really cheap, actually. For just under, for a former MVP, a five-time All-Star, who you're going to use. A 35-year-old washed-up has-been. Who hit 290 last year in platoon roll. You didn't tell me he was washed up. I don't think he is. He was acquired. I mean, he's been sought out for. You didn't tell me he was washed up in a has-been. I don't think he is. That's not what Justin said. If he was sought out for, he wouldn't be signing a one-year contract. Why wouldn't he? 
Terrible take, Justin. Terrible take. So that is a rules. great take. Baseball's but back. If he was sought up for, who wouldn't sign up for two years, three years? It's a one-year prove-it deal. Terrible. He had that means he wasn't nights. sought after, though. It definitely means he was that sought means after. That he he's was, at the end of his career and needs a redemption. He was all over. A lot of teams he's wanted washed him. up. Terrible. Take. You didn't tell me he was washed up, Eric. I don't think he is. You told me it was pre-show, and I'm like, oh, I don't know who that is, but you said he was an MVP. I don't think he is washed up. But you said you said it, you made that sound like he was like recently an MVP. Like I said, when he plays in the platoon role, which he's going to this year because the Milwaukee Brewers have a stacked outfield, he's going to DH for you. He hit 290 last year. It's a lot of defense and a lot of power that you're getting to add to that already. How good... many RBIs did he have? I can tell you in a second. How many home runs did he have? I can tell you in a second. What was his on base percentage? I'll get all that for you. Don't you worry. That, those How are... many games did he play? That's another valid point. Is he injury prone? Uh, in 2021, he played. Let me get these stats here for you. These are courtesy of Baseball Reference. He hit 27 home runs, 107 hits, had a 1.4 WAR. He played in 144 games out of 162. Played in 144 games. Justin, I think you're wrong. I don't think that's washed up if you're playing 144 of 162 games. For Philadelphia? For Philadelphia, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I'm, I wasn't, I don't under, I guess I don't follow. 80 RBI. Mm. 81 walks. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the position. Well, it's just a why, bat, right? Why is that a position? Well, you need a bat. That's what they needed last Unless year, right? He plays Unless he plays first base. So the beauty of or having him, base. the beauty of this signing is that you now have an extra outfielder to either use as a DH on you know a day-to-day basis or to be a defensive replacement for Christian Yelich to let him be a DH or use Lorenzo Cain as a DH uh, when you want to give one of them an off day but you want to keep their bat in the lineup. Gives flexibility. Gives a lot them. of flexibility to a team that really needs that flexibility, especially in the outfield right now where they're Lorenzo Cain's older and has been injury prone. Christian Yelich has had some injury issues the last couple of years too. So it's kind of like a sixth man is what you're saying in uh, it's a basketball. Fit, it, yeah. The sixth man coming off the bench and can provide. You're stunting the, stunting the growth of Taylor. I don't think you are though. Because he can DH some days too. You, the the excellence like of this is you can, you can platoon them at DH. You can give guys days off. And then you still also have Hunter Renfro, too. You know what you could do that might solve some of those issues? What's that, Ramsey? Not play 160 games. Like, let's cut this thing down to 100. That, that is one potential fix. It's it's one that is not going to happen anytime soon. But it is one potential fix. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, that is my route four for the week. And then just great basketball in general here as we get into the tournament. Justin, what is your route four from the last week? Uh, my route for um, was the state basketball tournaments that were held in uh, Green Bay this past weekend. There was, uh, without the sweet numbers, uh, they had 32,000 fans come through in the first year back from COVID to Green Bay, which is a fantastic number to start off from. <clears throat> I was... I thought the play was outstanding. 
the talent on on the court was outstanding um and and the coaching quite frankly the sets the the continuous uh offense was and the defense was outstanding um and and local teams uh we had a, a local a semi-local um division three championship game in in wapan and freedom um just two great programs all together uh i i thought the whole the whole weekend uh, of basketball for for girls state basketball was outstanding now i do want to ask you justin because you and i went to the games thursday night um did you end up going back at all over the course of the weekend Uh, i did not i had uh, I we usually go for championship Saturday, but we celebrated my grandma's 90th birthday on Saturday. So shout out to Grandma Joyce. Oh, happy birthday, Grandma happy Joyce. Birthday, Grandma Joyce. It's the surprise party she had. She was. She was she surprised? Uh, elated. Yes. Very good. Yes. So that worked. And so. So yeah. I had a Other quick question that, no. about it there, Justin. Can you hit on the girl that scored 835 points? This season, well, I will I will touch on that in in another just a segment. Minute. Why don't okay. we just start? Why don't we yeah. run right into? Well, that? I, I actually want I want to make one comment here, and I, I know that you you know you're the former girls basketball coach here, so you said phenomenal play. I, I agree with you that there was phenomenal defense. I think I had said this to you when we were there Thursday. I said this to you throughout the weekend. For I hate the style of girls high school basketball going on right now. The the offensive play, yeah. and. I'm curious on, you know, I know that you kind of were, you know, you're, you're watching it and maybe it was just the talent level wasn't, you know, what I'm accustomed to watching when I watch women's basketball, girls basketball. So I guess I want to ask if you can, you know, I probably should ask this two weeks ago when we did our state of the, the state of Wisconsin sports, but what is it that is making every freaking team in the state do that dribble drive ISO hero ball basketball? Because I can't, I couldn't stand watching that, and I, I enjoyed watching girls basketball this, this, you know, with you and throughout the weekend. It was very good games, you know, like you said, excellent defense, excellent coaching, but just the style of offense I did not love. And I want you to maybe explain why that is the way that it is, and and what I'm missing, where I'm where I'm wrong here. I could tell you, but I'm gonna let Justin go first. So I think you guys are both gonna be wrong. No, go ahead, go ahead. Let's hear what guys say. That's hear. where basketball is gone as a whole. I don't want to steal your shit. We so the unfortunate circumstance of especially high school basketball is in reality you probably have two really good players at best. Sure. Right? And you have a bunch of people yep. who are there to be there. Basketball as a whole has went to a hero ball type aspect just because the most talented player wins in basketball. And it's we have just happened to catch up to the rest of the country. If I have a girl that can score 835 points, I'm going to tell her to ISO the entire game up the floor. Don't pass. Take it to the rack or kick it out for an easy three-point shot. I don't need anything else from you other than that. And that's kind of just the unfortunate circumstance where we've got to in basketball of you watch these games and you can point out that girl's talented and that girl's talented. The rest are aggressively average. And that's just kind of, and that's, I think that's part of the AAU culture as well that is involved in basketball as of now, is that we've designed offenses to run through a soul, a, a singular player with all the other players working to get them a shot. Justin? 
Yeah, I think I think uh, Ramsey really kind of nailed it right on the head Boom. that uh, th- th- this is this is uh, the way that basketball is going. Uh, every player, almost, I would say at least sixty-five to seventy percent of the players um, that were on the floor uh, that you saw a weekend were AAU players, and, and you you've noticed if you watched offensively that a lot of these are set set plays these are designed for one player to score these are designed for for that player to get open and 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 to create and if another player scores off of it it's nine times out of ten it's because uh a defense is collapsing on that one player uh that is why it's gone that way five years ago uh you would have saw uh every team do continuous uh, offense, motion offense, five-out offense. That was the way the game was going there. And then two, three years ago, everything was press, press, press. That's that's the way the game has evolved. Um, I, you know, and you got to keep up with the times. Like, you know, if you have an elite player, you have to ride that player all the way to to where she could take you. And, and you saw an, an immense amount of talent uh, on the floor. Um, it this weekend, Appleton East against uh, De Pere. Uh, I don't think. Well, yeah, Appleton East and De Pere both had D1 talents on it. Uh, one going to Marquette, one going to Butler. Uh, you had Wapan, who has a kid that's going to um, Illinois State. You have a bunch of UW Oshkosh kids, and I don't know if you guys are paying attention to to what's going on with Oshkosh, but they just made the Elite Eight in, in D3. They recruit the, the 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 state really well, the local area really well. Uh, the state of girls basketball and the talent individually is really good. And the the talent of individuals starting to creep into team talent, and, and the other four outside of your stud player are are really catching up. And if you pay attention to the small intricacies of of what the game is supposed to be. It it really does happen, even though it looks like ISO ball. I don't disagree with you, and you know, I I get where that's going. I I'm not gonna even make this my nuggy, but we'll get into that to the nuggies here in just a few seconds. But I think the only issue I really have with it is that as a whole, and maybe it's just because we were watching the divisions that we were the lower divisions, which you know you're you're taking talent you can get for these games. And there, you know, you're right. There was maybe one or two players per team that were supreme, extraordinary athletes, and then the rest are very good athletes, but just not on that same level. It looked so disjointed at times, and then maybe because it was just being forced and and whatnot. So I guess that was my only issue with it, of how disjointed it looks and how there's players who I don't know if it's being coached that they shouldn't shoot open shots and that it's so designed to that hero ball. I didn't love it, but that's just me as a maybe as a, a old school purist or something. I that's my problem, but that was my takeaway. But I, other than that, I would agree with everything you said in girls basketball. So Justin, with that, uh, Noogie of the Week, Tom Tyler here, Noogie of the Week. Uh, I I can I know where you're going with this already, so let's hear it. Well, my my Noogie of the Week is is uh, it really has to do with the uh, the WBCA. Uh, the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association for for our fans that don't really know, um, in, in the notion that we pick 
our state player of the year every year, and that player has to be a senior. Uh, congratulations um, to the player from Hortonville that won it this year, a deserving player of accolades. Uh, but by no means was there any player in the state of Wisconsin that should have received uh, the state player of the year other than Ali Zeibel from Nina. This young lady scored 845 points, averaging over 30 points a game this year as a sophomore for Nina High School, which is D1. She is the only, she scored the fifth highest uh, single season points mark of any division of any gender. She scored the highest um, points mark in a single season of any gender in divisions one through three, um, which is, you know, lifetime talking about stuff. Uh, most of us, uh, this is a little past your time, but I know you guys know this. This guy, Anthony Peeper, who is the yep. state's all-time leading scorer from Wasaki. Um, he, he, you talk about those single seasons where he scored over a thousand points. You still talk about those, and those happened in '92. So, to, what is that? Thirty years ago, right? Uh, this season that she had is a season that will be talked about 15 to 20 years from now. There is no way we can go on uh, in our state not recognizing, regardless of age, what the best single season was as the state player of the year. I think it's wrong. Um, she was more than deserving um, and, and should have gotten the accolade. The last... Um, state player of the year to receive multiple player of the year awards in Wisconsin was Misty Bass and she graduated in 2002. Uh, she won it three times. She essentially changed the rule uh, of who, of how we would award that, that award. And I think, I, I just think it's absolutely terrible. Uh, I feel for the kid, but uh, I, I think she'll be okay. Uh, I'm sure her offer list is, you know, pages thick. So, but you know, the WBCA has to be better than that. It has to has to award the right kids for for the right seasons. You know, I don't want to get too involved in this because I don't necessarily want to speak because I, I know Justice still involved in coaching circles, but it's the whole crabby old man shaking his fist at cloud type thing. I mean, it's because I guarantee a lot of those coaches that you were going to ask about it would go along the lines of something that, oh, we need her to pay her dues or she we don't want to get her big head or something like that, which is a joke. If you score 800 points in a season... You're the player of the year. You're the player of the year. That is a... For 99% of high school athletes... 800 points is a career number. Like, that's a four-year starting career number, not a single-season number. And, 
like Justin was saying, that is a robbery. I mean, that's just not okay. So just stop being it, – it goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago with the whole handshake line things. Like just because that's what we have always done and that's – that doesn't mean that's the way it should be done. It, we're advancing everywhere else. We can let a girl who's a sophomore be the player of the year. Yeah. Yeah, Ramsey, your of the week? My of the week is you guys. You guys fought me on this whole Jordan Love thing all year. Since he's been drafted, we've been fighting about this Jordan Love thing. And old Uncle Rams told you, hey, Jordan Love can't play. And Justin specifically said, how do you know that he only had seven quarters of play? And I said, you can see it that he can't play. And I don't know if you guys heard this week, but Mr. Aaron Rodgers signed an extension. For what, three years? Three years after this season. Three years plus this season, so a four-year extension. So that would take us past the Jordan Love contract, wouldn't it? So you know what the Green Bay Packers just told you? What Rams has been saying for the last, uh, I don't know, 18 months probably, was that, you know, he can't play. And if he could, we would have got rid of Aaron Rodgers. But instead, we got down on our knees and begged Aaron Rodgers to come back to Green Bay, saying that Jordan Love can't play. And, you know, I've been on this now for a little bit now, and it's just been one of those things that every time I hear, I get a pushback saying, hey, he only had seven quarters. Hey, how do we know this isn't what's going to happen? And Rams said, hey, he can't play. If he could play, we wouldn't have all these headaches around Green Bay right now. And sure enough, you know, it's just wild that that happens, that Ramsey's, like, literally right again hmm. so my nugget of the week goes to you guys because you guys fought me up and down Eric. on this and you're going to still fight me Eric. on it even though it's blatantly obvious that I'm correct Eric are you going to take the lead on this or am I I'm, I've, you I've, take the lead Eric I'm going to let you do this Justin Eric. Justin, I know you've been waiting for this why don't you nope. go ahead I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you kind of let the, let the fog blow down from, from Ramsey's high horse here. I'm going to let you do it. You you start, Eric. Come on. All right. Well, first of all, I, I do want to say, I think you're going to hate this, Justin. I think Ramsey has a small point in the sense that with this extension, it means that the group, and I don't, and this is not anti-Jordan love. This is just the fact that Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level why would you not want him to be the quarterback for as long as he wants to be the quarterback for as long as he still keeps producing on that level? So yeah, with that said, exactly. with that said, um, that does kind of render the Jordan Love contract, I don't want to say irrelevant, but it makes it really difficult to determine what you're going to do with that contract, whether you try to want to make a, try to find a trade partner, whether you really think you can maybe continue to draft and or you know try to develop him as a quarterback in this league. Or if you want to cut your bait and have Blake Bortles or Kurt Bankert as your backup for another year or two, while you maybe see what Rodgers is doing, see where his head's at, and if he's going to continue playing or, or retire, you know that you have him under contract, so it's really a matter of if he's going to retire or not. So with that said, I I think it puts the team in, a, in an interesting position. I would say, I don't think this makes you right from the last 18 months. I think this makes you right... From maybe the last seven, 
if we're going to go that route. No, because Aaron Rodgers just signed an extension. It validates everything I've been saying. Jordan Love is a solid player. I think Jordan Love can start in the league. Jordan Love is not capable of winning a Super Bowl. Sure. And it's just it's that's funny because that's what I've been saying this entire time, and I'm saying that it was a waste of a draft pick, and we decided to draft Jordan Love based on a hunch that he had some decent tape at Utah State. But at the end of the day, he wasn't the guy. And now we had all these issues with Aaron Rodgers because we drafted Jordan Love. And we created issues for ourselves. And we drafted Jordan Love, who now we're probably going to take a loss on regardless. I mean, honestly, he probably should be worth a first-round pick, but he has no trade value anymore. Because Green Bay just told the entire NFL, hey... This guy isn't capable of being 75% of Aaron Rodgers. Because that's what Green Bay just told everyone this past week. Because if Jordan Love was 75% Aaron Rodgers, they would have made him the starting cornerback next year because they're in such a terrible cap situation. And you know what goes away if Aaron Rodgers goes away? The majority of that cap problem just vanishes instantly. So you could put a really good team around Jordan Love, and they still told you that we don't think Jordan Love is capable of winning in the postseason. I don't think the majority of that cap wouldn't have gone away. It still would have been a, I no, believe, he's got a dead cap number for the, the, the dead cap number pre June, pre June first would have been thirty or forty million. And I think it actually goes up after June first. But 1st, then so it goes away after next year. They would have had to go into some sort of rebuilding year next year, anyways. But that number falls off going into 2023 or 2024. With the contract that was in hand where it was voided after this la- this upcoming season, that is correct. So you could have put a really good team around Jordan Love for a year, correct? You could have signed. You would have basically been paying him well, you couldn't. You couldn't have signed anybody this year, but you could but have next, next year. next year, right? Because like I said just a second ago, you would have had to go through some sort of rebuilding probably this uh, next season. Because starting a rookie, or I guess a first-year starter, you're going to go through hiccups. So next year was probably going to be a loss if you started Jordan Love. But going into that final year of his rookie deal, you were going to put a really good team around him because you would have had quite a bit of cap space after that Aaron Rodgers contract comes off the books. So we just decided that we were going to cause all these issues for a guy who can't play. So that's, that's my nugget. It's on, it's on you guys. I know Justin. You I don't. I don't think it's that he can't play though. Like you said, he is a starter. He's not maybe a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yes. He's not seventy five percent Aaron Rodgers. Therefore, he cannot play. Therefore, he is a bottom fifteen quarterback in the league. Green Bay just told you that. So if that's the case, that means he cannot play. He is. He can't play in Green Bay. Upside, if that's, if that's upside, what you're say, he can't play in Green Bay. Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> Dak Prescott. That's his up. Yeah, not winning Super Bowls. Like I've been saying, I told you guys all this year and a half ago. Carson got... Wentz won a Super Bowl. Sure, as a backup. He was an MVP. He should have been the MVP that year. You can't sure. say that he was. A, he won as a backup just because he got hurt. Yeah, well, anyways, he was the backup, wasn't he? Anyways, I render what you're saying. I get where you're coming from, and that side of the fence who thinks that. Tell me in what facade would you not resign Aaron Rodgers well because I spent a if first Aaron, round draft pick on a rookie quarterback that I thought could play if Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers was 
you know, let's reverse this back 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Aaron Rodgers was a okay. three-year guy. But we can't. Right? Um... And Brett Favre was coming off of back-to-back MVP seasons. Yeah, and Green Bay let him and walk, Brett Favre led you to two out of the last three years, led you to the NFC Championship game. Why would you not sign Brett Favre? I guarantee you they signed Brett Favre back. Uh, but so guaranteed, we, we got to go back. Why would you not sign Aaron? We got to go back to another fact. We people we keep comparing the Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre thing to the Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers thing. The league that Brett Favre played in and the league that we have today are not the same thing. They're not even sure. they're not even remotely close. In two thousand nine, when Brett Favre or two thousand eight, Brett Favre's last season in Green Bay. Uh, you could still win with a really good defense and a top five running back. You could win a Super Bowl. You could. That was that was the reality of the league. Now, if you don't have a top eight quarterback, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. That's just the new generation we live in. And I, I guess I should just put a caveat to that. I You could probably win a Super Bowl if you are a top 10 quarterback with a top 10 roster. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. So Green Bay just told you that we messed up. Jordan Love is not going to get there. And we are going to try to cut our losses two years after the fact instead of just admitting you made a mistake right away and moving off of him. Which I I understand. I understand what they did and I understand why they did it. But it's not just because you spent a lot of time making a mistake doesn't mean you continue to put time into making a mistake. That's just, if you get ahead of it and say, hey, I messed up right away, you can solve a lot more issues than if you try to fix a mistake that you made and just keep working at it, keep working at it, instead of saying, hey, you know what? We messed up. We're going to move off of them. And it's it's just the fact that Jordan Love isn't what they thought he was going to be. And that's fine. And it really, in reality, I guess it's kind of a moot point because who would you have drafted instead of Jordan Love, right? I mean, I get where the risk was. I get the risk versus reward aspect of it. But it was handled improperly when they did it. They figured out very fast that Jordan Love couldn't play. And they still kept him around for another year. So that's my point. They banked on Aaron Rodgers. His injuries were catching up to him. They banked, and they banked on him going uh, off into the sunset. They banked on sure. But they, this is so. They this banked is, wrong. This is something else, wrong. though, too. Them drafting. L- listen, them drafting Jordan Love lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers' ass and uh. made him consecutive MVP. I don't think that I don't think those two I don't think that's how that works, right? I, I that do is think exactly it, how it works. It might have woken Aaron Rodgers up. How does that not work that way? You're, you're, but you're saying you're discrediting what Aaron's done. You're saying, oh, if Jordan Love wasn't there, Aaron wouldn't be playing at this level. Here's here's why I'm ultimately. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Ramsey. I agree with a lot of what Justin's saying. The reason I'm going to say that I don't, that I, if I had to make a decision and make a side on things, I'd probably lean more towards Justin's side of things. For the, the reason being, 
that yes, Green Bay probably created this situation for themselves by drafting Jordan Love. Well, not even drafting Jordan Love, not consulting Aaron Rodgers about dra- drafting Jordan Love, not even getting like a friendly heads up because that's that's where these problems really came to a head. Is that fair to say? No, the issue is that Jordan Love can't play. No, no, no. Just, just hear me no, out. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Entire point. Jordan Love cannot play. We decided to waste a first-round draft pick on a guy that could not play. But just let me get there. Let and me get there. And make it messy, which you're getting at right now. You well, made it messy for a guy who can't play. As Justin said, though, you banked the, where you were. You knew Rodgers was going to come back that season. But this is why the you Green come Bay, off a year where, where he one, threw twenty-four one, and four, and the injuries were catching up. The sure. health wasn't there, okay. and who knows if the mentality was there. Sure. Should Green Bay have given Rodgers a heads up? Sure, I agree that that was mishandled all the way in the front office. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I don't necessarily agree. I don't know if I can say that I agree that it lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a very easy take to to do. I don't know if I'm quite there, but they they bet on Aaron Rodgers maybe riding off in the sunset, maybe playing a year or two, and calling it a career. Then we have last off season. You keep him around because Rodgers comes off an MVP season, and you don't know where his head's at. Because of a number of issues that he has at the front office, and maybe even drafting Jordan Love is part of that. I, I'm not going to say it's not. He's been very, very vocal about his support for having Jordan Love in the building. But you kept him in the team. But you also don't know if Rodgers is coming back up and basically until the day before training camp starts. So you need to have yeah. a quarterback in the fold. But you knew at that point. You knew Jordan Love couldn't play last offseason. They but you, knew that. You need to have a quarterback in the fold if Rodgers retires. Because that's right. Was, this started last this is, So this is the issue, though, too. And this is the issue with Packer fans. This is the issue with the Packers organization as a whole. We are so afraid of being irrelevant that we are going to make a mistake and then double down on the mistake. Because we are it's so... You no. Know, right, but we doubled down. And that's where the issue is. The issue is not necessarily of drafting Jordan Love. The issue is not necessarily of Green Bay doing what they did. I understand that. I understand their thought process. However, we are so worried about the team not being a playoff contender or the team not winning a division that we can't admit we need to go into a rebuild. So one of the things that at this point, and this is kind of a firm belief, is that Tom Brady's in the sixth round aren't the quarterbacks that are starting in the league. People are seeing these quarterbacks play from when they are 12 years old and having film on them from 12 for 10 years. They have 10 years of film on all these guys. They know who they're drafting. So we decide to draft Jordan Love as a project, double down on the mistake, and hold on to him for an extra year because we're too afraid to go into a rebuild. And sure, that, but what, that's if, a if at that point, what do you excuse, do? Though. What do you do if not draft Jordan Love in the if first June place? For, fine, that's How fine. How do you get rid of the MVP? How do but you if get I, rid of the MVP? Let's even look at. Look, hold on. Before we before we answer that question, like how, I, just, I, I will answer I that in a second. June fifth, right? Let's. Yeah. I'm going to use this date because I remember it's very vividly. It's it's still my pinned tweet on Twitter. June fifth. You don't know if Aaron Rodgers is coming back. We broke the news here on this show. We're the only one that ever reported it. It's really a damn shame that no one else picked up on that, but that's here here on there. June 5th, I'm in Milwaukee at a Brewer game. Ramsey calls me that the Packers front office is heading out to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers to try to convince him to come back and play. That That's something that happened. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very fair reference point here. So if June 5th, when you're already starting OTAs, mini camp's coming up in a couple weeks. You don't know that your franchise quarterback wants to play for your team, play at football at all, let alone for your team. 
you have a first round draft pick that has never seen the, the NFL field preseason, regular season, whatever. What else do you do there? If Rodgers, if Rogers, unless outside of Rodgers demanding a trade of Jordan Love at that point, where you don't know if he's going to continue playing football, what do you do there? I would have walked in and told Aaron Rodgers, hey, I'm going to get rid of Jordan Love. I want you back. Let's do it, get an extension done right now. That's what I would have done. And that would have solved a lot of these issues. But, it but, would have, you know how much issues that would have saved over the last season? He's already. But what if Rodgers doesn't say yes? What if Rodgers doesn't say that? Aaron wanted to come back. Aaron does not like to be the villain. Aaron likes to be the villain, but Aaron likes to be the villain under his control. Aaron doesn't. Aaron can't stomach the fact of playing for someone else's. That's why he didn't leave. There were other offers out there that he could have went other places. Aaron doesn't want to be the bad guy in Green Bay. He can't have, He doesn't like being hated on social media. He doesn't mind being hated by news outlets and that actually leads to my nugget of the week, by the way. News outlets, social news media. Outlets, yeah, I, I I get behind that 100. percent But it's. One of those things, Aaron wasn't leaving, and we knew he wasn't leaving this year. We've been saying that for since the what the 49er game. Aaron wanted to come back. We all knew Aaron wanted to come back. I would have walked into him and I said, hey, we'll get rid of Jordan Love. We made a mistake. Let's move off this. Let's move on. Let's move on with this organization, and let's get this thing fixed. Let's get it right. But instead, Green Bay decided to double down and try to convince everyone that Jordan Love can play. Back to your question, Justin. How do you move off the MVP easily? If Jordan Love is 75% of Aaron Rodgers, you can go, you can be a 10 win team, 10 and 7 all day if Jordan Love is 75%. At that point, I believe that satisfies what Green Bay wants. If Jordan Love is 75% of Aaron Rodgers, you can put a really good roster around him next year and potentially contend for a Super Bowl if the coaching's right, if you get the right pieces involved you can move off Aaron Rodgers. Especially with the haul that you would have got for him, right? Russell Wilson got... Two first, two seconds, and three players. Right. If you add those, add all that talent into the Green Bay roster right now, I would say that team is a pretty decent team. They're pretty good already. They're pretty good right now as it sets. So yes, you can move off Aaron Rodgers if Jordan Love can play. But they know that he's not that guy. And that's okay. And it, not everyone's going to be a starting quarterback. Not everyone's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Not everyone's going to be Brett Favre. Not everyone's going to be a top 15 quarterback. But that's not Jordan Love. You laugh, but Green Bay just told you that. Green Bay just told well, you that. Did. Yes, you, they did. You know what they told me? You know what they told me? They told me they had the back-to-back MVP who's this close to taking the team to the Super Bowl, and they re-signed him. That's yep. what they told me. Because Jordan Love can't do that. They didn't tell me that Jordan Love couldn't play. Yes, they, they did. They didn't tell me that. If Jordan, well, they did. If Jordan I, Love I can play, they would have traded Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter. Yes. He's going to cost you $19 million if you pick up his fifth-year option. Right. So he's still going to cost you money. Okay. They're sure. going to trade him. Sure. The pick. You, you could argue that the pick may have pissed off Aaron Rodgers, but in the end, it paid off. No, you got back-to-back MVP seasons out of it. No, yes, you. Yes, it you was did. a headache, Justin. You can admit I'm right. It's okay. I won't. I won't even hold it over your head. I will. I, I got on my high I horse. Am, uh, hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. On this subject, we will never, ever agree. On yeah, because you're blatantly wrong. Oh shit! No, I'm not. <laughs> no, you can't yes, say that. Yes, I can. You don't even know if he can play. I told you, you don't that. Know. 
Green Bay told you that. You still don't know that. He so can't Cleveland, no, the Cleveland Browns today you right told now. you that Baker Mayfield can't play. They yeah, told you that he's today. Played how many seasons as a starting sure. quarterback? As the starting quarterback, this they isn't built um, a team around on a rookie contract. Right. They did that. Right. So you don't think Green Bay would do that if you don't think Green Bay would want to build around a rookie contract if they could? Not if you're this close to going to the Super Bowl are two they? years in a row. Are they that close? They they were the they were one and team. done this year. Are they that close? Yes, yes they. They are. got beat by Ramsey. Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's why you and and that's why you re-sign Aaron Rodgers. So you're saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't any good. That's what you're saying. No, I'm saying that Jordan Love they, isn't. They, they I, my point. Jimmy Garoppolo. My point is saying that Jordan Love is not 75 percent of Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, Jordan Love plays defense. He plays offense. He plays special teams. So does Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, by judging by what you're saying. Yeah. So there's some things that you are wrong on, Justin. This and scouting in <laughs> college is, football. I have, I've waited all night for this terrible take, and I'm glad you brought it up because it is brutal. No, it's, it's terrible. It's not. It. Green Bay told you. Green Bay told you without getting on Twitter and saying it verbatim, right? Green Bay told you, hey, we are going to go this way because the other option isn't as good. So, well, Green Bay told me that they're going all in. But you can't go all in. They went all in last year. Why can't that, that's exactly what they're doing, Ramsey? They they're cut Darius Smith, didn't they? Yeah, because they're yeah, that's, they're, they're not, over the they're cap. not. You can't right. You can't be over the cap and not be all in. Sure. You, what the hell does the Darius Smith? The have Saints. To do with? The Saints are over the cap. They're not all in. You yeah, move because they're still paying for Drew Brees. Yeah, because you move money down the road to try to win a Super Bowl last year. They didn't get there, and that's okay because they had a great season, yeah, right? I don't, but at the end of the day, you... the Green Bay has to go to a rebuild, and they told you that Jordan Love's not going to be that guy they're going to go to rebuild with. No, Green Bay had one option, and that's the option they no, chose. They had two options to re-sign Aaron. So Rogers. let's, if Jordan Love is can play, kick the can down the road. Would you? Would you? If Jordan Love can play, and you could add two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and three starters to Green Bay's roster, you don't think that team then, is close to what Green Bay was, is going to be next year? If, what if what of those three play? players do you think are superstars that they picked up? That's a starting offensive lineman. Noah Fant would be our starting tight end. Right? There's two yep. starters right yep. there. Okay. You had two starters. Defensive lineman, by the way. Sorry, defensive lineman. So you had two starters into the mix. You have two first-round picks. First-round picks, are, you know, news to you Green Bay fans, first-round picks are supposed to start. Like, first-round picks are usually starters in the lead. That's kind of you draft a first-round pick. You don't draft and develop. You draft first-round picks to start. So you'd add two more starters there. Second-round picks are normally also supposed to be starters. So you could potentially add up two, four or five starters to a roster that is a pretty deep roster to begin with. So Kevin King was a second-round pick. Sure, he started, didn't he? Very poorly. Sure, but he still started. You're banking. You're you're banking that they're gonna hit on every pick. Green Bay normally does. You're banking on that. Green Bay. And you're banking that what you build around 
but they couldn't have hit on Jordan Love. So the focal point of Green Bay's build. We, we saw seven. We saw seven quarters. And yeah, and you they can't play. Have hit on Jordan Love. They hit on. They hit. They hit on every other. Pick, I saw seven quarters of Jordan Love. Love. I saw seven quarters because of Jordan, Jordan Love. Love should be. And I go. Jordan, Jordan Love, Love can't play. Hey, Jordan Love would start this year. He'd be the MVP. That's wrong. It's okay, Justin. I I will I won't even by your logic. I won't even hold this against you anymore. But I'm just saying that I was right on this one, and it's okay. When they trade Jordan Love and he's a pro baller, we'll talk. He won't be. Anyway, so we do have two other nuggets to get to. Uh, mine, I'm gonna I'm gonna loosely stay on the topic here, is social media and beat reporters um, who get all pissed off at Aaron Rodgers specifically. The contract situation where everyone and their brother was, you know, we we talked last week about how uh, when Aaron Rodgers agreed to come back, it was initially reported for four years, $50 million. And Aaron Rodgers says that these terms aren't true. And now when the terms get released, it the money ends up kind of being there, but it's not guaranteed. The cap hit is significantly less than what was reported. And the big factor here is that it didn't have a contract at that time that he hadn't even taken a physical yet to technically sign the extension. And then Tuesday comes, they announce the terms of the contract, and all these reporters, and I kind of get it from an aspect of of being in that world, get all butthurt about Aaron Rodgers trying to create this narrative against the media that wasn't true, that the money wasn't true. When in reality, to me, the situation is just simply the fact that he hadn't agreed to a contract at that time the money, if you're Aaron Rodgers and your team's at where it is uh, is at, you know, with the salary cap and whatnot, I wouldn't want it reported either that it's 50, a $50 million a year contract because essentially for cap reasons, it's not. And everyone's going to, I mean, you're already the bad guy for taking all this money when your team's in salary cap hell. I definitely get why he came to the defense of himself on this. So <laughs> everyone everyone getting all butthurt about the the money kind of looking right from what was initially reported. And and kind of bashing Aaron Rodgers for creating this this war between the media, I think everyone needs to take a step back and and actually realize just a, those other determining factors as to like I said the contract wasn't signed the physical hadn't happened yet the the fact of the matter is there was no contract at that time so it had no business being reported especially when the cap hit is significantly less. So. On a different subject, how do you guys? What do you guys think of the Aaron contract? I'm a big fan of it, quite frankly. Big fan. It freed up twenty million dollars this year. It goes up as the cap goes up. If he can continue to play, which we know that he can at this point, if he can continue to play at an MVP level, and this team truly is all in, which they've made a numerous moves to determine that they are, I think it's an excellent contract. I'm not crazy on it. I don't like giving a 39-year-old quarterback a three-year deal, plus this year, so technically a four-year deal. But it is nice for the time being. I think the biggest thing with this, and I said this last week before we actually knew the official terms, the biggest thing with this, and, and not to go back to the previous conversation we were just having, but the biggest thing with this is Aaron Rodgers' really biggest gripe with the one of his biggest gripes with the organization is wanting to go out on his terms not not the organization he's still producing quality yeah. years 
So with that yeah. in mind, this year gives him the contractual stability that he was seeking while also while also being relatively team friendly if we're being honest. And give like I said, gives him that stability to play out his career on his terms. I think that's the biggest thing for. So if it makes him happy in that regard, I'm a big fan of it. So that's ultimately what it is to me. If he plays two of the three years or two of the four years and ends up retiring, because that's ultimately, again, when it kind of came down to was yes. that potential retirement. Two year win. That's fine. I, I don't have an issue with it. I like I said, I think it's a that's stability. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, the contract tells the contract tells you exactly where his mindset is. It's a two year window where it, where he's committed to going all in and, and the Packers committed to him going all in and they'll pay the sacrifices in, in three years. And whether Jordan Love is on the con or on the on the roster or not, that's yet to be told. But the way the the cap hits are set up, um for his contract it's a two year window and he's likely to retire after that. The contract tells you that. Which is good on him, right? Like if he wants to retire a Packer, I mean I guess that the organization as a whole probably owes that to him, right? Like if he if this is where he wants to play and this is where he wants to go out at, I think that he's earned that right from the Packer organization to do that. I would agree with that. Not if you think Jordan Love can play. He can't. <laughs> Justin, Nuggie of the Week for you? Oh, man, I don't even remember what it was now. That was a, such a good conversation. Uh, I, no, I did my Nuggie of the Week. Oh, that's the right. You, that's right. Ramsey, we didn't do your uh, – no, we technically did. You're right. I was the last one. That's right. Um, I, I do want to ask while we're talking about Nuggies, though, and talking about Packers contracts, because while we're here, we might as well transition into this conversation. The Devonta Adams not wanting to play on the franchise tag and potentially holding out, which would be $20 million, basically dead cap if he doesn't produce it all or doesn't play it all. Because it's all fully guaranteed against the cap, too. I'm really, I guess, I don't want to say I don't get where he's coming from, because I do. I get, you know, not wanting to be franchise tagged, and et cetera. But from what's being reported, and you know, got to consider the source of Jordan Schultz is what it is. But the Packers put it out an offer. From what's being reported, the Packers put out an offer to give him twenty three a year, and he wants to be the yeah. highest paid receiver. Which, technically speaking, the deal as it's constructed and the way that the NFL is constructed would still have made him that. But it's all based on DeAndre Hopkins's contract. Where it's the year because the way that they that the contractor structure where it was an extension would make him want to be a thirty million dollar receiver versus a twenty three million dollar receiver. It's all about the per year and how well, it spaces out, and, and it's really confusing when you far off. when you get there. But I, I guess I'm I don't want to say I don't get it, but I, I'm I it's another piece of drama for us to discuss. I'm not this. And this is usually not what I stand for. Like, usually I'm like, hey, go make your money. If you can make money and someone's willing to pay you whatever they're willing to pay you, go make that money. However, the franchise tag, he'd be making $20 million a year, right? $20 million for one year. I See, I just... I get that you want to be the highest paid receiver in the league, and I get you want to do that based on DeAndre Hopkins' number 
but I even get that you deserve to probably be the highest paid receiver. If it's me, I would rather take a little less, right? I'd rather take like 17 million a year and try to get some more pieces put around us to be more competitive than make 20 million a year, right? 25, 30 million. Especially a year. when you know it's all guaranteed, right? Do you know what I'm when saying? And I hate to be on that side of the fence because I'm not normally I don't I don't normally fall on that side. Usually I'm more like pay the player they're worth it, and I don't disagree that Devonte is probably not worth thirty. But you also have to be situationally aware, correct? Like you have to look at the Packers' current situation and what they're in, and be like, hey, it's probably the best spot for you if we're being honest. Also, just some some breaking news here while we're talking contracts and receivers specifically. Um, the Packers did not make any cuts today. They made a couple cuts yesterday, but or earlier this week between Billy Turner's and Darius, um, letting Corey Bajorquez walk, and among another other free agents, uh, the Randall Cobb contract was restructured today per Tom Silverstein, where his contract hit goes from eight million dollars to three point five. Oh, nice. So that's a big part of getting under the cap. They were about seven million dollars over today. Um, the the extension of Devondre Campbell technically won't happen until the new league year. So it hasn't actually been extended to and agreed to yet or signed technically. Sure. So it wasn't under last year's cap. So that also helped out in cap terms. But Randall Cobb will be back in Green Bay by about $5.5 million less. So it went from, I lied, 8.5 to 3. So instead of, um, so he will be back as a rework on his deal. Well, yeah, I think that, I think that's. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't understand the niche for for Randall Cobb uh, on this roster. Of course, obviously he's a Rogers guy, and and he's got to have the say in a little bit of the roster makeup. So, well, it's, it, right I now think, you have I think he three receivers the on your roster. Rogers. I was just gonna say that I don't like that for Amari Rogers' purpose. That was another relatively high draft pick that is kind of just going unused and when right. you obviously i believe and i think we're all under the agreement in the nfc championship game aaron had a hard time trusting other receivers right i mean can we that's that's not debatable i mean that's what happened right. so when you have a young talent and like i said i've watched a lot of amari rogers at clemson he's as talented as what Randall Cobb is probably in the current form. So why do we not have some of these young bucks taking more snaps because we have well, Randall Cobb's kind of in the way, right? And I like Randall. Randall's a great guy. Like, I don't want to bash Randall Cobb, but at the other hand, it's like, uh, it's it's just kind of, like you, Justin stunt said, stunting the growth of Amari Rogers, and that's not a great thing to be doing right now, in my opinion. I think it's important Especially when though, you only have them on a four-year rookie contract. Right. I, I do want to say, I do think it is important, though, just for the element that you have virtually no receiver depth right now. It was to get mm -hmm. under the cap. You can still move on from if you really want to. But it at for the time being, it's another guy on, on the roster because coming into yesterday, and technically as of right now, you have three wide receivers on roster right now. You have Amari Rogers, you have now Randall Cobb, and you have Devon Adams who doesn't necessarily want to play for you right now. I believe Alan Lazard. He's on tender. Is a so tender, he's a right? He's a restricted free agent yet. Um, where a team can still sign him to an offer what sheet if Green Bay doesn't want to match. 
they same thing. Both tendered. So both guys are technically still. I guess they're not technically on roster. They're restricted free agents. Where um, Lake Taylor as well sure. um, is in the same category, where they are restricted free agents. Where they can technically still explore and look to sign an offer sheet or can return to Green Bay on these lesser deals. But, and, and for the most part, I mean, the, Lazard's the only one you really maybe even have to have a discussion about. I mean, if you, if Malik Taylor walks or Juwan Winfrey walks, whatever, Alan Lazard, I think you want to have back for another year. I think he's a very integral part of the offense. What do you think his market is, though? I can't imagine there's much of a mark for Alan Lazard right now. I think for a team like uh, Tennessee, he, he would be a huge get for a team like Tennessee. Uh, you got to remember, Alan Lazard's biggest attribute is what? Blocking. Is blocking, blocking right? Size. And, and Tennessee is a is a run heavy offense, a run heavy team. So who just I, cut I Julio Jones okay. today too? Sure. Even, I guess. Yeah, that makes San sense. San Francisco, Minnesota. Yeah. No. Okay, that makes sense. I guess. What kind of money would you pay Alan Lazard, though? That, I guess that'd be the next question. If Devontae's worth, let's just say, 20, just for sake of argument, Alan Lazard's what worth? Three or four. Three or four. Well, what, what's really what's really happening right now with, with the wide receiver market is is beyond absurd. When you pay a guy like Christian Kirk what they're paying him at, what is it, $20 million a year that the Jaguars signed him for? I mean, Zay Jones gets $10 million a year. It's... The market is is borderline ridiculous, but I I would I would guess if they're talking about MVS at, at ten million dollars, I would say that Alan Lazard, to us personally or to to the Packers as a franchise, is more valuable than MVS. So hundred percent, I would say somewhere between six to twelve million dollars. Isn't it, and isn't that crazy? In in my opinion, that's kind of just the Odell Beckham Jr. effect. Odell is a talented receiver who ended up in in L.A. for a Super Bowl run, looked really good down the stretch, and now receivers are the hottest commodity, which doesn't make much sense to me either. Is because usually receiving draft classes, there's five or this six. This is a good one too. And there's what Ohio right. State has two NFL guys just by themselves. Alabama has. Two as well, correct? Yeah. But I mean, so you're talking, there's four or five. You're going to see. Yeah. I, I, I really feel like you're going to see in, in five years, you're going to see the wide receiver, the, the way they pay wide receivers, unless you have an elite one, like, uh, like a Devante Adams. The, they're going it, to, it's going to be like the running back. Um, I was like, just going to say, be, because there's so much it's talent coming out of, every single year of receivers. I just don't see how the Christian Kirk thing to Jacksonville doesn't make any sense to me at all. No. I guess they have the cap space to throw at it, though, right? I mean, if you have the cap space, why not spend it on someone? But I, I think there's other issues in Jacksonville that need to be solved first before uh, a $20 million Christian Kirk. Doug Peterson, baby. Doug Peterson money. I'm so excited for Doug Peterson. I love the tweet. I think Bar- well, somebody from Barstool put it out where it was, Bull- I love the strategy that uh, that the Jaguars are using to basically sign anybody who didn't play for Jacksonville last year. 
God, can you imagine how much of a dumpster fire Urban Meyer was? Is he a leader in the clubhouse for dumpster fire of the year? He's got to be up there. I, I can't think of anyone that's yeah. worse. He, they, he, and that's the thing too. Hopefully, Doug Peterson. I have. We said that in the podcast too. Doug Peterson's probably the perfect fit there. We were ahead of that too before he was signed. Yep. By the way, just so you all listen, that we, you know, for as much bullshit as we talk, we're usually pretty close to the big stuff, and we're usually ahead of the curve. But we were talking about Doug Peterson down there, and really, it's. Doug Peterson has to work. Like Trevor Lawrence needs Doug Peterson. Otherwise, it's going to be a sad day in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it, to be honest, if you, you know, not to look too far ahead, if you're Jacksonville, you trade out of your spot and you try to, you know, triple double down. You go go by what you were saying, Ramsey, but you're only using draft picks to to try and stack as many, you know, throw as many darts at the wall as you can and see what sticks. So if you could trade out of the, what did they have the one pick? Yeah. Yep. And that's why I never understand out of is that. why the number one team doesn't always trade down. Cause you could at least double your first round picks, right? Like you could at least get two first round yeah. picks for one, the first overall And Jacksonville right now is just a roster that just needs talented players, players to put around Trevor Lawrence. So that's what I would do if I was Jack. So I'd trade down, I'd trade down to 10 and double my picks and, you know, but right. they never do. They're going to draft uh, probably that tackle out of Alabama. I'm going to guess the one yeah, who's, who's what? 375 and looks like me. Like, <laughs> Runs faster than all three no, of us I combined. No, I know. Just an insane, <laughs> like, yeah. What's next on the agenda there, Eric? Well, We're I fired was, up today. I was going to ask if there's any other. Ramsey, you've been gone for two weeks. I mean, we have had Carson Wentz got traded for two sec or two third-round picks. Ooh. The Russell Wilson trade happened. Um, technically all official as of today. So you want to get my, you want my uh, takes on that? I, I, I'm assuming you want to talk about it. I Let's would love. It. I am a big Carson Wentz supporter. I think that he gets dumped on a lot for. Yeah. He I, had a great year. And the fact that you're going to pay him. bad game. $28 million is a. I think that's. That might be the best team in that division. The I, I hate seeing the commanders. It's, it's cringy to me. <laughs> but I. You know. The Washington commanders. I think I like that roster better than Dallas, especially what Dallas has been up to lately. I mean, the Amari Cooper is insane. I, I have no idea why that's... You would keep Zeke Elliott, but you would get rid of Amari Cooper. That exactly. That is... You realize that Dak, when Amari Cooper's not playing with him, is like me out there? Amari Cooper's one of the best route runners in the NFC. And we're just going to trade him to Cleveland? Ugh. So... Love the Carson Wentz deal. I think that he is a top. I, I don't think that he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback at this point in his career. I, however, I do think that he is going to be serviceable enough to win games. That commander's defense is amazing. So you, he's not going to be asked to throw the ball 40 times a game, right? And that's kind of where he thrives is, you know, 28 passes for... 
210 and t- a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But if that's what you get out of him, I think that's a wonderful amount of production. Um, Russell Wilson going from Seattle to Denver is might that might be the steal of the century. You get a Russell Wilson who is what 33, I believe, 33, 34. I believe so. So you're talking that he has at least four more years of prime football out of him. He's healthy for the most part. He's had a couple of weird injuries. You're taking him from a bad situation in Seattle and moving him to an offensive-minded head coach. I don't understand why everyone thinks that Denver's roster is so great. I think there's some good pieces there. I don't necessarily think that... I keep hearing that Denver is the Tampa Bay of last year. I don't see that. I think their roster is... That's the third best roster in their division, yet alone their conference. I do think it's going to be... I'm sure you guys are on the same page. I cannot wait for Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes twice a year, or Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert twice a year. Even Russell Wilson, Derek Carr. I mean, that's... uh, Those are all marquee matchups. They're all going to be primetime games. Um, So I love that trade. I don't get what Seattle's doing. Well, I get what Seattle's doing, but I don't. <laughs> I was gonna say, where where, where did where they lose you here? I I don't understand. Like, if we were gonna trade Aaron Rodgers to Denver, right? We can thirty three year old, a thirty three year old super Super Bowl winning quarterback. Right. Like, what what are you doing? Who is a top five guy? Right. Like Russell will maybe not yeah. top five. He's a top eight guy though for sure. I'd say he's a top five quarterback mm-hmm. right now. I don't think he's. I would. I don't think he's as good as. Mahomes, Allen, or Rodgers, right? I also like Herbert better. Okay. And you can put a... I think it's somewhere closer to six or seven. Sure, but either way. top five. But still, he's 33, 34, who, and been relatively healthy. Like, it's not like this is a guy... Yeah, he had a thumb injury this year. That's about it. In his prime. And you're going to get four or five more prime years. In his years. prime. Sending Aaron Rodgers to Denver, I understand a little more because, you know, obviously he's a 39-year-old quarterback. I, I'll i take my chance there. But you're sending a prime quarterback who's going to be in his prime, and Seattle's going to look really bad for dealing him. Because what's their replacement plan? Drew Locke or Geno Smith right now. Oh, Geno Smith? We're going to have him punching linebackers Mariota. again or what? Mariota, he's a bridge guy at best, right? That's the... That's the thing. I mean, I guess next year's draft class is supposed to be pretty loaded with quarterbacks. Kaepernick. (laughs) 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 But I mean, (sighs) can we move on now? I've got, I've got got two questions for, for, uh, for, well, I've got one question for Ramsey to kind of catch up with uh, on a past uh, segment. What did you think of Kyle Bush's, uh, words about Alex Bowman winning the other day or the other week. Um, I see his point. Since you're, since you're a resident NASCAR, I see Kyle Busch's point of saying how he backs into wins. I I see that. I guess I think Alex Bowman's a lot more talented of a driver than people give him credit for. I remember specifically there was a Xfinity race at Charlotte. 
and this was probably 2018 maybe a few years back he didn't really ever really run xfinity all that much hopped into a chip ganassi xfinity car and dominated the entire race and we haven't really seen that alex bowman since or to that caliber but i i think he's a solid driver i think he's probably hendrick's what third best driver probably so him over william byron basically and see even saying that out loud doesn't that doesn't sound right to me like i think william byron's so young yet and he doesn't have a lot of experience i just don't think yeah i just don't think people really understand how young he's what 22 23 yeah and he's only been racing since i don't think it's 10 years yet he was a big i-racing guy back in the day he didn't he just started hopping into late models and just started hopping into these cars. So, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't like what Kyle Busch said. I, I, and I don't think Kyle Busch, I think there's a heat of a moment thing, losing at his home track due to a caution from Eric Jones in the last few laps. But I, I do understand what he said. I mean, I guess Alex Bowman does kind of back into wins. However, he has, what, the second most wins over the last 11 races, last 12 races or something like that? Kyle Larson, it's Alex Bowman. So, I mean, there has to be some talent there, right? You can't just... we got to be in the spot to win it. You know, I mean, I, put himself in a spot to win it. I think Alex Bowman and Ryan Blaney kind of run a lot together. I think the races that Ryan Blaney has won, he's kind of backed into a little bit. And like you were just saying, Justin, I think there's a definitely an aspect of that that you have to be in the right place at the right time. And that's a talent. Like, there's some drivers that made a career out of that. But I definitely don't know if Alex Bowman is in that same category of drivers as some of the other ones we mentioned earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, my second question, Eric, and this is for all of us to talk about. What do you guys think about the Troy Aikman and Joe Buck news of going to Monday Night Football? Well, I see that they got a major bag to do it, so I get it from that perspective. I'm curious on who that makes Fox's number one team going to be going forward. I think they're either going to have to hire somebody from out. I don't think they have it internally. Sean Payton, I bet is that. Fun. I bet that's who they're. They they sure for maybe the, for the color, but you have to still find somebody to be your main play by play guy too. So I I personally I don't know if I can say genuinely that anybody at Fox internally right now has that number one broadcaster in them to to be quote unquote America's game of the week. So I'm I'm curious on how they replace uh the team. I I've never been a huge Troikman fan. I'm a huge Joe Buck fan. I mean, like Joe from Buck. from a broadcaster's perspective anyway. Um so I'm really curious on how they and they move forward there but um I think it gives the Monday Night Football booth a, a lot of extra added credibility. Well, it's better than Booger McFarlane. That dude's a fucking train wreck that a couple of years ago. Oh, I hated Booger McFarlane. <laughs> oh, he was the f- he was the worst. So in in that element, you know, I, I like it from that element. I I I don't want to be the typical Packer fan. Oh, I'm glad they're not on, and I don't have to watch them every week on Sunday. Because, you know, Monday Night Football is maybe, you know, your team plays once, twice a season. Yeah, but we get, we're we going to be on America's Game of the Week quite a bit next year, especially with Fox having the NFC. And 
all the quarterbacks leaving the NFC were going to be probably be. That's true. That is uh, true. It's going to be us or Tampa Bay in the game of the week every week. So <laughs> that's true. Uh, so with that in mind, I, I guess I, I don't really have a strong opinion on it, Justin. Outside of uh, you know, as a broadcaster, and and I'm I really amazed just seeing all the money that is going towards broadcasters now really starting with the tony romo deal um is where we kind of saw that come to a head but let's get urban meyer and sean payton up in the booth doing america's game of the week that's what that's what i'm pulling for well give me fox if you're fox now why don't you take a stab at drew Brees? well you you have to get uh, the the color commentator i think you can kind of you can work you can al michaels Al Michaels is an interesting like perspective because Al Michaels was talked about as possibly going to Monday Night Football. Um, so that that is an interesting possible get, especially given his history having worked, you know, been the play-by-play guy with John Madden. Al Michaels would be an interesting get for them to maybe fill that spot and fill that that role if that's the route they want to go. Um, aside from that element, like I said, I, I really... The, the color commentator, I think they can work with. I think they'll either have... You know, you can you can make the Sean Payton, you can talk Drew Brees, you can talk. Um, maybe they think Greg Olson's ready to take that step up. I I don't know if I go there yet, but I'm more worried, personally speaking. Horrible. I'm more worried about personally speaking as the the play by play commentator as to who that's gonna fill in those shoes. I'm gonna say this that Fox is one of the biggest. Well, I guess Disney, who owns Fox is one of the biggest um, corporations in the world. Uh, they're going to pay someone big money to come in there. So it's going to be a big name. Maybe they'll pull John Madden back so or something. So why, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you keep <laughs> Why wouldn't you keep Joe Buck and Troy Aikman then? Cuz I like, think there's enough negative commentary about them that they could let them walk for 90 million. Does that make sense? Like I think that there's I don't think Packer fans are the only ones that don't like Troy Aikman. I think that sometimes it's just they could replace them with maybe a more neutral option versus having such a controversial two. Well, I think the main the the big thing of it is just what we've seen with with CBS and and the Romo uh, Nance team is that specifically for play by play, I think you have to go younger and more close to today's game. Um, which I think would would make Greg Olson or Sean uh, or Sean Payton or Drew Brees for that matter an, an interesting get. Pat McAfee. I don't think Pat will ever go back to that that world. As much as as entertaining as he was, the couple games he's done, I, I just don't think that's in the cards for him. If that is in the cards, because he technically has worked with Fox with SmackDown and um, you know he has done games for them in the past, I I think it'd be really interesting. I don't think he goes that route, but I'd love to see it if he did. But like I said, the play-by-play commentator is the one I guess I'm more worried about from a from a broadcaster perspective as someone who gets kind of nerdy about the television presentation. Um, I'm really curious on where they go there, and and that that's the route where it's like I I don't think they have that guy in house right now. So Fox will pay for whoever it's going to be, mm-hmm. but I don't know who it's going to be. I'll give you the one name, the one guy that I think it has to be. This guy is so underrated. Kevin Harlan. Kevin he Harlan has, has a massive deal for Westwood One for radio, though. 
I don't think he'll leave the yeah, radio broadcast. Yeah, but it's not booth. ninety million. Oh, he he has a massive deal. I think he would it's, absolutely stay on the radio broadcast. It's not ninety million. I it might be a massive deal. I bet you it's not ninety million. Let's see if I can find some terms. Yeah, I would you. like. I, I'm curious because I, I really am curious to see what he's gonna be on. But I, I'm gonna guess it's not what those guys are making on broadcast. It's probably big. It's probably not that big. Well, here here's the thing that you gotta think about though for what he does for the NFL broadcast this has they to do. Be a career. For the this NFL broadcast they do, when he for the money that he gets from. From doing the games because he does the primetime games for for Westwood One, which is carried by CBS Sports. Westwood One, but it's it's not just CBS. I mean, oh, it is, but it sports. isn't. But they get all the primetime NFL radio games. They're the really the only one getting NFL primetime games. Yeah, but TV's way bigger than radio is. It is. That's not even close. But Jim Rome makes the most of any commentator in sports right now. Jim Rome. Yeah, makes but he's also cast though. He, he just like Cowherd, deal, doesn't he? Yeah, they're both simulcast. That's not just a, um, that's not just radio money anymore. That's TV and radio. I I cannot find his contract terms right now, but what I do know is that, like I said, I just I truly think that the money he's making doing what he's doing right now, I don't think he'll give that up. Especially considering... I would be the number one guy. I, I would love to have him in that role. I just don't think he goes that route. Especially because I think his contract, probably through Westwood 1, is for all all the sports that he does, and you know, through Turner for basketball, and, and everything he does basketball-wise and whatnot, too. I, I don't know if he has the ability to get... I mean, sure, Fox probably could buy him out. I don't know if he wants to either, though. As Less long as it's not Gus Johnson. I've come to learn less days, more money, sign me up. Exactly. Less days, more, even less days, same money, sign me up. So, that's not a bad get, though, Justin. I, I would love to see that because I'm a big Kevin Harlan fan. So am I. Kevin Harlan's great. I just, I just don't know if that's in the cards for him right now. Who's Who does he do games with, too? Um... Kevin Harlan, Drew Brees. And Olivia Harlan Decker as the sideline reporter. Good luck. I mean, Aaron Andrews isn't. There gonna... you go, Fox. Fox is higher oh, up. She's going back. She's going back to ESPN too. Think so? Oh hell yeah. Yep. Interesting perspective. Anyway. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. So I, re- I really don't have much of a of a Bucks take here, um, and I think we should probably get to our our basketball talk because I mean we're here at uh we're here at tournament time. It's go time. I like how no one's still into the Bucks, and they're it's they've so been hard. so hot lately. They're one of they were on. I don't yeah, know. Haven't they won like six in a row or six, something? Like yeah, that? and they've been um just wiping the floor with everyone else. You're like. You're at the point of NBA season where it's like July in baseball. Still, nobody cares until you are in the last, what, 10 games to where you can really define what your seed's going to be in the playoffs. The Bucks have won like, four of their last five. And coming off that, had lost three straight. No, that's I'm at the wrong part of the season. My bad. 
The Bucks have won four of their last five, and up to that point, uh, losing against Golden State this past Saturday, had won six in a row over Charlotte, Miami, Chicago, Phoenix, Oklahoma City, Atlanta, before dropping the game to the Warriors. Those are some decent teams in that list. There is, and they have won pretty convincingly in just about all of them except the Miami game. So with that, I will. That is our Bucks report. They are, they're about that time, but it's tournament time. All eyes there. Uh, first, just one quick note. I do got to say while we're talking tournaments, Green Bay Phoenix women WNIT tournament bid. They will host Minnesota uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, so release night. So did have to get that in. But with that, um, first, I, I guess I know I've made my bracket. I have some adjustments to make. Justin, are you locked in? Uh, yeah. I didn't really go check, to be honest with you, but I'm pretty sure I did it right away. And Ramsey like is folks. to be determined yeah. on, on if he's going to participate or not. I think he should. Ramsey's getting... I think Ramsey's he should. Getting... I want to know against you guys. I think that the 1-0 and o mark gives me more enjoyment than I could get back out. Because I can just hold that over forever. Doesn't matter if you win every single one after that. That first try, I beat you guys. So I don't, you know, it's just one of those things that is it really worth coming back or retire on top? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. You're, you gotta join. See, I, you, you say that, but all that does is benefit you guys. I don't see the benefit for me. Yeah, but when I win, then you tie me. And we're tied. Well, yeah, but that, that I'm still one up, though. Why don't you? Hey, Tom Brady, your beloved Tom Brady didn't quit at one. Why would you? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Rams? Are you going to retire for 40 minutes and then come back out of retirement after 40 minutes? You know, my like, favorite. Like your beloved Tom Brady. My favorite football player, he's Tom Brady, worst. did that. God, he's so gorgeous. He's the worst. You see him in Christian Isn't Ronaldo? Isn't that terrible? That is so bad. 40 days. Would you I like my? Would you to hear my Tom Brady thoughts? Days. Oh, God. Here, here's what happened with Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady said he was going to retire, and I think Tom Brady's goal was to not go back to Tampa Bay. I think Tom Brady was looking to get out. I don't think Tom Brady kind of liked the loose culture that's currently in Tampa Bay. So he kind of retired, and he was, you know, I do you guys remember the podcast right after he did retire? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think he might come back. I don't think I said that. I think I, my question was, are we sure he's done? I think we all were kind of thinking that same thing. Retrospectively, the whole thing seemed weird, didn't it? Like, the whole retirement seemed kind of like, what? Are you sure? But yeah, where it was reported like two days ahead of time, and then he sat on it. I can't believe that was your nugget, Eric. Technically, um, your boy Schefter was wrong again. I, I I'll take this one for what it's worth. I I'll, I'm not gonna beat a dead horse on that one. We all know he sucks. <laughs> um, He's terrible. It, I am so. I saw that news come through, and I was like, I might watch football next year. Like. Tom Brady's back. Here's, here's I'm my back, question baby. With your theory, if he wanted to go somewhere else, why did he re up with 
Tampa Bay? Like, why? Well, did he see, I think Tom Brady, I think he got burnt out the last year he was there. Tom Brady and Tampa Bay don't really match or mix together well, if you really think about it, right? Like, Bruce Arians is a little bit loose and fast. Tom Brady is calculated and precise, right? I think Tom Brady, what he thought, and I don't necessarily know if this is 100% true. This is just Ramsey throwing stuff out there. I think Tom Brady thought that he was going to retire, someone was going to trade for his rights, and then he was going to be like, oh, I guess I'll come back. I think when Tampa Bay came out the other day and said, we're not trading him, I think that was the, okay, he's going to come back. I also don't necessarily know if he's done after this year. I think he might go free agency one more time. I think. That's my uh, that's Finish my thought. Finish San Francisco. See, I don't know if San Francisco's that team, and I think next year you're gonna have a lot better picture of it. I think there's another San Francisco. Maybe I even think New Orleans would be a better fit for Tom Brady as of today than what Tampa Bay is. But I don't understand this this love for New Orleans. Like you're, I mean, not you specifically, but around the media it's the the circles that new orleans is this great team this great franchise this i mean they pretty much proved that they aren't that great like offensively outside of alvin Kamara, they didn't have michael thomas and and what were they i mean they were well they were an eight win team last year weren't they and they were uh, a, high, a hybrid quarterback. Sure. Offense. I, I don't but know. they were hybrid quarterback offense and still winning games. That's the, that's my thought on it. I think their defense. They still have so a lot of defensive pieces. I think that their offensive weapons are still there. Michael Thomas is going to come back at some point, right? He's not going to sit. The, he's not retiring. The offensive line is pretty they, good. Aren't they trying to trade? I think they're trying to trade him. If Tom Brady's there, do you still want to be traded? If Tom Brady shows up in town, does that change his opinion a little bit? Maybe. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, I think I like those weapons better than. I think I like Michael Thomas better than I do Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, for that matter. And I like Alvin oh, Kamara better than whoever they're going to roll out at. Well, you got to think with Tom Brady, though. Tom Brady has never really been the down-the-field thrower outside of, obviously, the two years in Tampa Bay and two or three years there with Randy Moss. Tom Brady's always been quick reads, 10-yard dump routes, right? Michael Thomas is better in the 10-yard dump routes than running down the field. I think that that fits Tom Brady a little better going... Does that? I think that that style of play would fit him better versus playing in Tampa Bay, throwing the ball downfield all the time. I think he'd be more comfortable there. I don't think that's where he's going though. I think honestly, like I think that one you said, the uh, 49ers is the. I think that's where he wants to be. The dream. Yep, right. I think like, that's the dream. dream. I think that's what he wants to do. I don't know if the 49ers are into it. I guess, especially with the Trey Lance sitting there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to basketball. So, Ramsey, you said, I, th- I really do think you have to participate. You think I have to, but... I think you ought to. Yeah, but when has that ever been my decision, Basin? 
there's beer involved. We have, we have fans that are depending on beating you, Ramsey. Yeah, maybe I don't want to give the fans that um, satisfaction. What if I told you there was beer involved? I mean, I've and done I've done worse for less. We'll see. I just I, want to give a just a quick shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin on Steve Austin Day. By the way, <laughs> hell yeah. Anyway, but are you guys coming over for WrestleMania? I'll probably be one of the two days. If not, it's all. two days. I'm not. Yeah, it's two years. It's oh, two I'm out then. Anyway, anyway, so I do, I do want to ask Justin I am not and Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. You can you can talk about this, Ramsey, if you want to. But I want to ask Justin if you had any upset picks that you want to talk about or share, or if you what you think of the seating. I'm not telling you nothing. Would you it's like for our listeners, Justin? Would you, you like who Ramsey? No, thinks? you didn't lock in your bracket yet. I'm not I just, telling you nothing. I just made some Eric. adjustments here. I, I think for our fans, we have to have this conversation, Justin. I really like Gonzaga. <laughs> I like the Zags, and I like Arizona. <laughs> yep. There you go. If if you want, I think those are the two best do, teams in college I'll basketball what, right now. I do not think that Colgate will beat Wisconsin. I know it's a, a semi-trendy pick because Colgate can really shoot the ball, but I do not think that they will beat Wisconsin. But you know what wins in the tournament, Justin? Do you want? Seeing as I was the the champion between us last year, I'll tell you what wins in the tournament, Justin. Teams that are poised and play with maturity. And for every we've we've watched Wisconsin a couple of times now since during the podcast during the podcast, and I've I've seen them on a few times this year that I've kind of sat and watched uh, this year's Wisconsin Badger team. The one thing they are they're a mature team. They might be young, but those players don't play young. They play a very mature game of basketball. Play really well down the stretch, and that they have the best record in the nation of five points or less. So. And that goes a long way in the tournament when you start playing better competition, close games. Being a mature roster helps a lot. I like Wisconsin. They're they're. I don't know if I pick them final four, but they're. I have was I I will give our listeners a spoil, maybe even a free pick. I have Wisconsin making to the Elite Eight round. See, I think that's I think that's a fair statement, though. I think they're a top ten team. I think worst case, I think they're a Sweet Sixteen team where they'll play. They should, should I shouldn't say will, but they should play a very good Auburn team. At that point, I think Wisconsin matches Two up very well picks. against an Auburn team. So we'll we'll see how that ends up shaking out that way. I have them personally winning that game. Um, I, I also, in the spirit of our listenership here, I think they're, you know, the big 10 led the league or led the NCAA in tournament selections with nine teams picked. I think the next closest thing, the ACC and I don't think the SEC, but there was six or two or three conferences that had six teams selected. Um, I do think some of the big 10 teams face very dangerous first round matchups. And two upsets that I'm looking at, and I, I think, you know, definitely worth having a conversation. I think Ohio State gets beat by Loyola Chicago. Ooh. And I think Iowa loses in the first round as well. Isn't Iowa kind of a I dark think, horse national title pick? For yes. A lot of people? And I think that's the most overrated thing. I've, I do not like Iowa in this 
in in this tournament. I'm trying I, to I figure out why people do though, because I, I, I've seen Iowa float around a lot as a dark horse. I'm like, are, are is that the same Iowa where I'm talking about? They they're uh, a hot team right now. Are... They they won the Big Ten tournament. So they're hot and they're led by a a, a senior laden group. Like so, and Jordan Bohannon, for as much flack as him as he gets with Wisconsin fans. He he can really shoot the ball, so you know. I don't. I I just don't. I don't like Iowa as a as a pick. Uh, I think Fran McCaffrey uh, is the type of coach that fans would that fans love, but is not good for a team. Super hot, like super hot headed. Um, uh, uh, like two two steps down from what Bobby Knight used to be, just. Not afraid to get a technical. Not afraid to let refs have it. Not a you know red face the whole game. He's just he really affects a team in a game in a one and done situation. That I just don't think that he is the type of coach that can win a big game like that. I, I do think they get out of the first round, but I don't. I I've seen Richmond play the Richmond Spiders. I've seen them play them a couple times now. I like them a oh. lot. Against Talk Iowa. about opposite. Talk about opposite ends of the spectrum in coaching. Chris Mooney is about as easy. Eric, what do you think of your uh, Duke Blue Devils and Coach's K's last ride? I'm going to be honest Coach. with you. I, I don't think – I think they make a little bit of a run. I don't think they're a Final Four team. I don't I don't necessarily have to know if I have them in the Elite Eight. Um, I think they'll be a Sweet 16, a borderline Elite Eight team. I mean, they, they're they such an interesting group as a whole where I don't know if I can necessarily pick them to – you know, looking at their first-round matchup, they obviously, you know, they're two seeds, so they have a very favorable first-round matchup. Uh, they will be – I believe they're like a 20-point favorite. Um, yeah, 20 – point, 18.5-point favorite over Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> I, I don't that's give me Cal State to cover eighteen. Where's that? Where's that money line? That money line, Ramsey, coming from our friends at ESPN through Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, that money line is plus fifteen hundred for Cal State Fullerton. Oh, give me Cal State to cover. That might be the hot bet of the week. I, I'm I'm gonna be I'm just to kind of go with our hot bet though, and this coming from our friends over at Oneida Casino. Their line on this game is plus that Richmond Iowa game that we're talking about. Yeah, I have that as my probably my biggest first round upset. Plus four fifty for Richmond tomorrow. That's where my mind's at. Give me Cal happen. State plus fifteen hundred. Just a cover? No, that that's money line. Oh, I'm that's sorry. money line. Parlay mm-hmm. that with a. Oh, we should go on the sports book at Oneida Casino over there and just uh... the Cal State Fullerton from Oneida Casino is plus thirteen hundred for them to cover. If they can cover, because it's so it's so up in the air. I mean, that's such a huge line. They're minus one ten to cover. I'll give me Cal State to cover. Actually, most of these lines, and I I, I don't know if these are live or not yet, but most of these lines. Are pretty tight. For their for the, for them to cover, 
there's a lot of minus one tens. There's not really a whole lot of lines to make money on. You kind of have to go money lines to to make money on. Um, looking at like Texas Southern plus eighteen hundred <laughs> over Kansas. Um, plus twelve hundred for St. Peter's to knock off Kentucky. Well, one of those is going to hit, right? Like, one of those really long odds are probably going to hit somewhere. Like I said, right now, for my money, give me Richmond over Iowa. That plus 450 is that 512 matchup. Actually, that's a that sounds pretty good now we're talking like, about. Like, I'm genuinely, after we get done recording here, I think I'm going to place that bet. I, I like that one a lot. Anyway, that's just me though. Uh, all right, you want you want the secret pick? Eric. Let's hear it, Justin. What you is want, your? You want Coach Dahl's secret upset of the tournament? Let's hear it. Are you ready, Ramsey? You better write this down when you fill out your bracket. I don't need help from the person I beat last year. <laughs> My him. secret upset pick. Is going to be New Mexico State beating UConn in the first round in a 12-5 matchup. I don't hate that. That's not bad. I think you overhyped that a little bit. No. Hey, you know what? You know what matchup I love? The 7-10 matchup of Murray State against San Francisco. Oh, the Murray State race cars? <laughs> Race cars. Yeah. Who's their famous alum? John Morant. Yeah. My cousin Leo. Did uh R. I. P. Cousin Leo. I watched Ja in the tournament, what was that, two years ago now? Yeah. He might have been one of the best college basketball players I've seen play. By the way, Justin, your your New Mexico State pick, uh at Oneida Casino would be plus two forty over Yukon. Go spiders. It's gonna happen. Bet it. The Aggies. The Richmond Spiders. Richmond Spiders. Justin's pick is plus 240. Yeah. That's the Aggies. Go Spiders. Back to Richmond. I like that. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pulling for you, Eric. Okay, I appreciate that. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Last time I do that. No, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. I was trying to give you a... a... I I wouldn't root for Eric. That's rude. I wouldn't root for Eric at all. That's rude. Hey, I can be rude. So, Justin, I, I want to hear, because Ramsey kind of teased it here. I guess I want to hear, you know, you, you kind of talked about the Badgers, and I guess, you know, because we're the root for Wisconsin, I really want to hear what you think their their peak is here, and where do you see, like, the realistic spot for them in the tournament? So, I'm a, li- I'm a little bit like you, Eric. I have them going pretty far. Um, but, unfortunately, I do not have them facing... Um, your your buddies at Auburn. I have I have Auburn losing to USC, and I think I think the stylistic of play with Wisconsin, where to play USC, uh, really fits. Now the talent level isn't all there, but the style of play is a, you know Wisconsin may play a little differently. They may set their offense a little differently. But Wisconsin is still Wisconsin. They're methodical mm-hmm. to get to where they want to get. 
They they play half court defense tremendously well. Um, they're a bit more athletic, but it's a little bit uh, to the notion of uh, too young and dumb to know the situation that you're in, and and uh, a team with the talent that they have, and if they get hot, they remind you a lot of a team that could. The, that made it to a Final Four that really wasn't expected to make it to a Final Four a few years ago. So uh, I don't necessarily think that they're Final Four worthy, but I do think that, you know, Sweet 16 for sure. Um, but, you know, usually those types of things really come to come back to bite you in the ass and probably end up losing to the Colgate toothpaste. There's no way in hell that – I I shouldn't say this because I don't want to be, I don't I don't want to say that there is no way, but because there technically is they got to play the game, but for all intents and purposes there is no way in hell that they lose to a school named after toothpaste. Um, that's my bold take here. I don't, that's not that bold, but I gotta yeah, say to go out on a I gotta yeah, I gotta yeah. say that whole, I have to caveat my argument because if they do, then Justin's gonna be oh you're a jinx and you don't even give them a chance. You gotta play the game like you did last week. That bullshit bad take. So I have to you caveat are a it. Jinx. You and ever saw. I have to caveat it with <laughs> with the fact that they shouldn't lose. You leave Marcus Eversol out of this. He no he was Justin made him his nugget of the week last week. <gasps> Marcus? Yeah. Yeah, he's a jinx. You believe this shit? Marcus Eversol? That's what he said. I know. I love you, Marcus Eversol. I think you're a great dude. I think you're really good on the radio. But as of late, you're a jinx, man. You're a bad jinx for Wisconsin sports. So, anyway. So, yeah. Like I said, there's there's no way in hell, logically speaking. That's how I'm going to caveat myself here. That should be the case. I don't know if you should be. Uh, you have been known to have a slight tendency of potentially jinxing teams. I, I don't know if we should talk about the Badgers anymore. I think we should move on to something else. <laughs> How about Marquette? Where do you think? Uh, I have Marquette losing in the first round to UNC. Who's that? The other team in Wisconsin that's in the tournament. Oh, they're not the Badgers. I don't care. About I, them. I'm ta- I, I'm a little. I'm a little torn on Marquette game here. I, I'm gonna be honest with you too. Marquette for me. Is so hard to predict where they're going to be, because they've had some really they've had some really good wins this year. They've had some really bad losses this year, and they're very inconsistent. Isn't that Marquette every year since Dwayne Wade? Shout out on the wall. So like, man, they're six and six versus the top twenty-five. Literally five hundred. Like I said, they've had some damn good wins. They UNC, UNC is two and four. One of them against Eric's uh, Dukies. I think we can all. I think I can. We can safely say that that's all of our Duke Blue Devils. I'm I'm not a Dukie guy anymore. I don't like. Duke. Why? Justin Justin's trying to be Mr. Contrarian here. He he. You should have heard him, Ramsey, when we were at state basketball last week. Given the business about Coach K being the greatest and wanting Coach K to win the national championship and this, that, and the other thing in front of his buddy, I, I, I just, I can, I can barely believe no one, no journalistic integrity here. I, I don't want Coach K to go on top. You're not supposed to go on top. 
Andrew Whitworth did. But you're not supposed to. The Undertaker didn't. Yeah, you got to get the young talent all. Therefore, if the Undertaker doesn't do it, that means that's the rules of... Uh, I, I, the, Wait a second. The rules of life. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Scott Hall, by the way. I mean, we kind of saw this coming, didn't we? Not this way, though. Hard work matters. What do you mean? Dreams come true. He went in for routine hip replacements and died of a blood clot. He was doing cocaine for years. Sure. You got to imagine that his heart probably wasn't in the best condition. Sure, it wasn't. But Sure. But when you go in for a hip replacement, you're not expecting to not come out of the hospital. You usually get tested to see if you can physically do surgery. I'm not I'm not saying that you can or can't. I'm just simply saying the fact that a year of hard drug or years of hard drug use and alcohol abuse tend to lead to health problems down the way. I just like Rick the fact that Rick Flair is still alive blows my mind every day. Didn't he have a stroke? Yes. <laughs> That's Dang. what I'm saying. Woo! Oh. No, this well, is R.I.P. Scott Hall. I... Hey, he's got one of the best lines in all of wrestling, guys. I mean, one of the best lines in all of wrestling. Do you remember what it is? We do. Do you? Oh, hell yeah. That's not it. I've lived... I lived in the Attitude Era. I was in love with wrestling. Well, that's not the line, though, Justin. Hell yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. God. He's getting senile his old age. You are dumb. This is a terrible show. Well, what is it, Justin? Let's let's hear it for the folks. Your your Attitude Era. Let's hear it. What do you got for us? Hey, hard work matters. Dreams do come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. That was one speech. That wasn't his line. That's his line. No, the, the infamous guy. That, that is hey, his yo. line. Hey, yo. Oh, my God. That is not a line. What are you talking? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What the That's hell are you talking about? What's, what are you? What's Ric Flair's uh, line? Oh, my God. What's The Undertaker's line? Oh my Rick Flair's is woo, the Undertaker's rest in peace. And Scott Hall's is hey yo. No. I think I side with Eric no. on this one. That That's was more of a quote terrible. by Scott Hall. That's an excellent quote. I did not want to sell the quote short. But that is not something he God. said on a regular basis. Every no. promo, every line. show. That is hey his yo. Line. Hey yo. Don't oh man. This this is where the show gets this this just off, off the, rails. the rails. This is it. All sorts of terrible right here. This is just this is where it went downhill. We had such a great show up hey, to this point. You guys, you guys call it what you want. That's not his line. It's a great quote. Don't get me wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Didn't he say that in his Hall of Fame speech? Yeah. That's not his yeah. line, man. That's his line. No. That's his line. No. That's what people remember him by. No. No. People remember the toothpick and the far, and, and the hey yo. Yeah. No. You guys are terrible. We need to date the show out behind the shed. Just put it down. (laughs) Yeah, that's enough. That's enough root for Wisconsin this week. Anyway, so just to kind of wrap up here, I know that we're pretty much all going to be probably, besides Ramsey, but um, just to kind of wrap up here, I know that we're going to probably be rooting for college basketball this weekend. Ramsey's probably going to pick NASCAR. 
Uh, am I am I far off in that? No. Exactly. So, Justin, I want to ask, is there one specific game outside the Badgers or Marquette or the upset you mentioned earlier, is there one specific game you want to see the most? Um, you know, really, there's not, there's not really that matchup that's so intriguing um, to go out. I know the, the trendy pick is going to be the uh, Loyola-Chicago-Ohio State game that people are going to want to pick. Uh, your Iowa-Richmond game is going to be uh, one that people will want to pick. But if we're talking about second round, um, you know, there there will be some some good picks. I've, I've got Michigan-Tennessee could be a, a good game. Uh, but I think the, the game of the weekend, really, um, the two, in fact, as I'm, as I'm looking through my bracket here, the two that are trendy picks for the second round that are going to be must-see games is uh, Houston and Illinois. Yeah, that's going to be a round. great game. And uh, Michigan State-Duke should be a good a, a good a good game in the second round those are some some really good uh teams that have you know michigan state kind of floundered they started the year they were in the top 10 at one point of the year they're a senior laden team and they now ramsey we could discuss a lot of things about who's where but tom Izzo is a top five coach in the nation i'm not getting of, any argument from me on that let me see yeah. though. And when you when you talk about that in a one and done situation, give me give me the top five coach in a senior laden team. So it's exciting. Tom Izzo has got the most out of every single player that's come through there. Like say what yeah. you will about him, but he gets the most out of his talent coming through Michigan State. No doubt about it. No doubt Honestly, about it. No doubt about it. So. I'm. Gonna, I think my. I'm gonna kind of piggyback on those. I think, you know, obviously, I think the marquee game, or must watch game, um, is I think that Loyola, Ohio State game. I think that is probably going to be one of the closer games of the weekend, or of the first round anyway. Um, you know, the two Justin mentioned for the second round games. I am. I'm curious to see. For the second round, if we're looking at that uh, round of thirty-two, based on kind of how I have things shaking out here um the saint mary's ucla game as well i think it's gonna be very interesting uh saint mary's in that same conference as gonzaga uh has been a very good team throughout the year ucla we know the cinderella run that they kind of went on last year and got to the final four did they bring that point guard back i not off the top of my head i don't know so that's that's where i you know i think that's gonna be a very good game did who bring the point guard back? UCLA, that really good point guard from last year. I believe it was a fresh. Tiger. Tiger, yep. He's back? It's actually like a junior. Is he? I thought he was younger than that. So. With the crazy hair? Yes. That's my game of the weekend. St. Mary's UCLA. Ramsey, you want to throw one on the board too? Okay. Of college basketball? Sure. Or you just want to talk NASCAR quick? There is a, slim to none that I'm watching any college basketball over the next. Probably not all this weekend. All right. What? What do you mean, what? This isn't shocking, I guess. There is no good talent in college basketball right now. 
I don't know if I'd go that far, but no way. That's bunch of average dudes running up and down the court. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> anyway, so that's Ramsey's take on the matter. Um, I I do got to give like I said a quick shout out. Green Bay women hosting their WNIT game tomorrow night, looking for their first ever WNIT win. Not a position they're really in a whole lot. And looking to avenge the last time they played Minnesota was, I believe, in the NCAA tournament in 2014. Uh, So looking to avenge that game as well. So go Phoenix. Go fighting fire chickens. Uh, I I don't. What are you? Oh, okay. Phoenix. Yeah, Firebird. I gotcha. That's one hell of a way to get there. Did you get there? I did. And with that. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already done so, if you're listening to this episode prior to the first game's tipping off, get in the bracket contest. We do have some awesome prizes and potentially one that might get us in legal trouble if if uh, if you get a perfect bracket. So do what you got to do. Episode 66 of the, of the Rupert Wisconsin shows in the books. I'm Eric. That's Ramsey and Justin. We're out. See you. Bye. Salut.